What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Cedar Floor Podcast. You're here with your boy, K. Malone. Ryan Wilson. Got another episode for you guys. You ready, brother? Let's get it. Welcome back, everybody. Episode four, Cedar Floor Podcast. One of your hosts, K. Malone. Ryan Wilson. We have to bring you guys an episode that, honestly, I never thought that we would have to record. Very unfortunate. Uh, It's a different time right now in our world. So before we get into the episode, though, we want to take a moment of silence for George Floyd, Maude Aubrey, and the many, 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 many other African-American and people of color that have lost their life as of late and people of color and African-Americans dying at at an extremely high rate, but we want to take a quick moment of silence for them. Yeah, with that being said, um, it's 2020. It's a strange, scary year. It's been very awakening for some. Rough for a lot. A lot of people of color. It's a sad situation. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a different time. I mean, there's been some good moments of 2020, but there's been some very tragic moments, some very inhumane moments. And now is a time to figure out how to come together because there is a lot of things going on in the world that uh, we can control and there's some things that we cannot control. Yeah, we're gonna have to come together, figure out a way to move forward. Definitely. So, um, essentially, we're facing two viruses right now. We're facing still um, coronavirus and the world slowly trying to get back to normal. And to me, which is, I never thought I have to call it a virus, but racism, it, it still exists. Yeah, it's 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 definitely been around, but it just feels like it. People are getting more bolder their racism and, you know, it's more out in the open. Yeah. You know, before, you know, I wasn't a fan. i am never been a fan of social media, but I thank God for social media because it's, it's been a, it's been a lifesaver for, for a lot of people. Yeah. And with it being a lifesaver, it brings light to things that are for, for some people like in the, in the darkness and their dark things that are being brought to the surface and, we on this show, we're two hosts. We're both two black males that have grown up in America, and this is something that we have to face every day. But on this podcast and in our own personal lives, we're not going to sit back, we're not going to be quiet, and we're not going to be unapologetic about the things that we say. 100%. So they'll be measured. They'll be thought out. They'll be well-planned to thank God that both of us have received an education and received an education from our elders on how to articulate and how to present ourselves and represent our families in a way that is not, it, it, it won't be questioned that we were, we were taught things the right way. Definitely. Definitely. But with that being said, 
anybody, phone, no phone, if you get a newspaper, if you have a television, you've seen what's going on, that um, a man named George Floyd was being detained by police officers in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And for whatever reason, one officer, Derek Chauvin, decided that to detain this man, that he needed to put his knee on this man's neck for over eight minutes while he told the officer and three other officers that decided to uh, create a perimeter around the area, not help or defuse the situation. George Floyd said to him that I cannot breathe. And he repeated multiple times that he cannot breathe. And he tried to reason with these officers peacefully as he's already cuffed and detained. And as a result of that, we truly, truly, truly see that there's a line being drawn and that there's a line being drawn between white individuals and black individuals and people of color and the police. And now our government, there's there's a line, there's a line being drawn. For sure, for sure. Uh, I mean, it's just... It's it's very it's real sad. It's real sad. Uh, I mean, I saw the video early before it blew up, and you know, to me, it was like here we go again. Mm-hmm. I I really don't know what it is about this one mm-hmm. that you know brought this uprising, but uh, I'm glad for it. But initially, you know, when I saw the video. It's disturbing because this man has his knee on this another man's neck, and you know he's dead on the scene, and the officer has no remorse whatsoever. I think that's what touched me in a different way. The fact that this man just killed a man for no reason, no remorse, no nothing, and you know how they handled the body after that it was very distasteful, but it just it sits with your spirit. It does. To see somebody like you die in a way like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we've all seen of of all the videos of, you know, police brutality and um, injustice and racism. You know, individuals have been shot. Individuals have been beaten. Individuals have been treated all kinds of ways. But that right there, um, you were literally helped defenseless and it to me it just it shows it, it shows supremacy i think that this that singular thing of putting your knee on somebody to where they physically are helpless and they cannot even try to combat or get words out to express that they're in pain and that you're essentially giving them a slow death i think that it's it's it, it's incited everything that's happened because I don't know a more in inhumane way to die outside of maybe being lynched or just I mean but it's it's not something that you would ever think that you would see in the year 2020. Definitely, I mean it. It honestly is another form of lynching, uh, gas chamber, you know, electric chair. Like you're defenseless, and to add insult, you have these people recording. They do nothing. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm i grateful for them recording, but at the same time, I would want somebody to do something. Like, obviously, I'm defenseless. 
you see what's happening. Like at some point we got to stop just filming and take action. Yeah. Um, I saw Jalen Green, at, had, um, NBA player for the Boston Celtics, had said that he would have to go into jail that day too. Definitely, for I, sure. I, there's, I, I, I would hope something in my body just sent me into action. And I'm, I know a lot of people would disagree, but there's no way I'm going to watch it. it, it whether I know the man or not, somebody that looks like me be treated like this, and my only option is to record. You're right. Thank God somebody did record, but I, there's going to have to be action taken. Definitely. Definitely. It's yeah. just. Yeah. And you're right. This one this one particular one is, for whatever reason, is, is setting what we hope is real change, real positive change, and – Nothing like this happens ever again in the future. Yeah, yeah. So with that being said, y'all, obviously there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of hurt. People are protesting. People are rioting. And people are looting. And one thing that we want to touch on is there is a difference between protesting and trying to get a point across and rioting when there's now back and forth between the people and police officers and for whatever reason now, the National Guard, and there's a difference between looting and trying to take advantage of a situation that is trying to be progressive and not degressive. Right, right. I mean, rioting and looting is basically just turning the volume up on your stereo when you're trying to talk to somebody. Nothing's going to be heard when you, you're doing that. Like, I, I get it. I get it. You're you mad. You're frustrated. But it's it's not the way. No, not at all. And and it's not just us. No. I mean, you see the videos, you know, it's it's other people, other races looting and rioting. So, you know, the the comments that people make, you know, about, you know, th this is the reason why y'all in the situation y'all in, it's not just us. No. So you can't you can't just label us as, you know, these angry black people yeah. when it's numerous races acting. Yeah. And I ask anybody listening that please do not do something because you feel it's right. And that's supposed to be indicative of how people of color and black people feel. We, as those people that are facing the injustice have whatever our reason is to fight for what we're fighting for, but please do not, add to the fuel by deciding that because you feel some type of way that what your actions are going to be indicative of what people of color and black people want because that is not that that is, that isn't it the what the way that we're approaching it trying to march and trying to protest and trying to bring change and trying to get different people elected that's what we want if you want to help stand with the next person and ask them how can I help? What what in what way do I add value to this movement? Educate yourself. I mean, it's it's known that knowledge is power. So you know, at you know, for you know, other races that aren't of color, at, ask someone. You know, read a book, do some research. Just don't. And there there are books out there that talk specifically about how to have the conversation, how to break the ice, right. 
how to desensitize yourself from as 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 a white person the stereotype of what you think about black people or what you think about people of color. Right. I mean, you can see that you know this uh, this incident has brought some change because there are people outside of the African American race that are standing with us mm-hmm. and you know making a stand. So it's good to see that. Uh, and we salute all those people. Seriously. Right. Definitely. Definitely. But so, another thing is, is that what we're going to do is use our platform to bring as much awareness, as much of our raw emotion, but definitely put it towards the right areas. We're not going to take our podcast and use it as a, um, almost as a baton to to beat against the, the problem and and instigate more and, and, and pour out our, our hurt and our hate, but pour out the pain, but also try to give information and bring awareness and let people know how we are feeling so that the conversation can be had and change can truly be made. Right, right. You know, us talking about this on this episode, it puts it out there. You know, for whoever is listening to know that they're not alone, we're here. Yep. And we ask all of you that listen, please, whatever platform you have, because I know I have friends and other people that listen, that they have a lot of friends on Facebook or a lot of social media followers. Please, I, I beg you, if there's anything that you could do, anything that you stand for is to really support really to go out and and post the positive things that we need um, and post the protests, post the petition sites, all of those things, because it's going to take more than just people of color and black people. We need as many people that truly believe in equality and want to see the greatest, what we think country flourish in a way that it needs to, because it's never going to flourish and be the way it's supposed to when all people don't have the same type of freedoms and liberties that were promised in our constitution long, long ago. Right. Right. And speaking on platforms, what do you think about Drew Brees latest comments? I know he came out with his apology today, but what do you think about his comment that started it all? It, it, um, I want to say, I don't want to say it hurts, but, like I said, our sports figures are some of our biggest biggest voices out there. They're bigger than some of our politicians. And you're talking about now a very, very good, very, very great, I'm talking about a top five quarterback of all time possibly that plays for probably the, the most central black franchise in the NFL. For sure. And when I say people have embraced him like no other, they've embraced him the same way people – in Embrace Joe Burrow at LSU with one year, mm-hmm. and he plays for the for that unit. I do, I don't understand, and if, if if anybody that follows Drew Brees knows that Drew Brees is is an outright devout Christian, mm-hmm. but know this, and that's something I I've had to learn and understand that just because you are a Christian or just because you are a certain way it does not mean that you still don't have certain thoughts or certain beliefs. And his comments, like I said, I feel took away from what's going on because he decided that the meme of the officer kneeling on his neck and Kaepernick kneeling, he felt like 
that this issue had to still do with our American flag. And I asked Drew Brees this, with that flag representing 50 states of America and the 13 original colonies, and it's supposed to be about solidarity and togetherness and union, where is that now? Right, right. If we're not seeing that today, how is that flag indicative of what everybody should be striving for? And for one individual, Colin Kaepernick, to say, I will put my reputation on the line. I will put my job on the line. I will put my life on the line to say I'm going to kneel as a way to show that it does not matter that I have this job and I am this person. I want to see change. And what better way to bring that to than to disturb the norm narrative. Yeah. And that's and that's what that's what he was trying to do and you know for him to see it in that light. It it hurts. It's it's you know, it's it's a sore wound and his apology was well stated. Yeah, it seemed very scripted. Yeah. So I shout out to his, you know, publicist or whoever. Right. You know, I, I hope he generally does feel like that. But like I said, he has an obligation to feel the way he feels, but he also has an obligation and he wears a big, a big flag around his shoulders as he is the quarterback of the team that's probably in the most centralized black area in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't know Drew Brees personally, so I don't know if he meant or had any ill intent with his comments. But when I think about what he said, it reminds me of, you know, if someone says Black Lives Matter and they respond with All Lives Matter, well, how how is that if black life has no significance? It it doesn't make any sense. You, you're shadowing the issue, like you said. It's just, it's just disturbing, honestly. Yeah, and and this is one of the things that I think we're truly trying to get to is individuals like Drew Brees, if they truly believe that all lives do matter then someone like him being on the front line of that will really, really make a difference because of how big of a person he is and the fact that he, as a white individual, is really, really embraced and respected by people of color and black people. And you start to get people like that, I promise, I promise, everything's not going to be solved or changed, but it will it, it will surely progress and get better. For sure. So, For sure. Because him being, you know, the... Man of faith, as he says, you know, people look up to that. And so if you see this powerful white male with a huge following taking a stand, it speaks volumes. Yeah. Shout out to his teammates and the other people that that checked him and, and posted something on social media and, and were, you know, unapologetic that, hey, you're a little misinformed on this. You spoke a little too soon or, or you didn't measure your words correctly. Right. It's very disappointing. So, and people, everybody, let's not be afraid to check each other when something is said or wrong, whether it's white on something black or black people on something white. Cause I think if we all take the time to sit back and observe and listen and understand, that's going to solve a lot of our problems. Yep. Cause definitely. We're all guilty of commenting too soon. Yeah. So one thing I want to ask you, though, is talk about, you know, briefly just your experience with unjust or, I mean, you know, kind of just your everyday plight and everyday um, 
I don't want to call it a struggle, but just the some of the things that you've encountered in your lifetime the word that you want to be out there so that someone that may have dealt with that understands and how to move forward. Uh, I mean, growing up, you know, my mom, we lived in an urban area, and then she moved us to a more suburban area to kind of give us a balance. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful for that. But, you know, it being 2020 and everything that's going on, it kind of humbles you because, you know, here you are, you have experience, or here I am, I have experience with, you know, many cultures, but yet it doesn't eliminate the fact that I'm a black man. And it's scary. It's scary. Uh, You know, like we talked about it the other day, uh, you know, having a firearm. I have no desire to, for my farm to leave my home because mm. it just gives them a reason. And, you know, it, they say, you know, if it's your day, it's your day, but I don't want to, I don't want to give any reason. I don't want to give them any ammunition to throw at me if I was in a situation. So it's just, you know, being African American, it's, it's just, uh, it's no easy way it's, to describe it. Yeah, you just can't you can't live life freely like any other race, honestly. Or well, I won't say any other race, but the supreme race. Yeah. It's it, there is definitely a difference. It definitely is. Um my experience obviously is very similar. Uh grew up, you know, mainly in, you know, suburban areas, especially moving to McKinney, Texas. Very fortunate as as an early age that um, when I moved and I got a group of friends and finally felt accepted, I had three white friends and shout out to them that they didn't see, they didn't. I don't think they looked at me be, being different or my skin color being different. I think I just was a new kid and I think we just bonded over, you know, playing outside and sports and whatever else. But you know, as I continue to go through high school. I stayed, you know, in schools where it was predominantly white. And, you know, I found myself more or less trying to fit in. I tried to, I, I tried, I feel like to diversify myself, which in life is a good thing to do to be able to immerse yourself amongst other cultures and be able to, you know, talk to people and not be afraid to talk to somebody because they look different or stereotype somebody because they look different. And shout out to all the people that I've ever encountered that. I think truly wanted to be friends or we had a friendship merely based on conversations we had and our, you know, similar you know, sim- things that we found in common. Mutual interest. Yeah. But as I got to college, I truly understood that there's a, that there's a difference, you know, because now you're getting to a place where people have more freedom, but people come from different backgrounds and you now have a choice whether or not who you get to choose to hang out with. And I did see a difference. I did see how I was treated as a black athlete that there was people that were only willing to accept me because I was a black athlete. And there were people that didn't like me just because of what I looked like. And as I've got into the world now, I'm very fortunate. I feel like I haven't been a victim of racism and being pulled over by police officers. I didn't have as much of a fear, maybe because of where I live at, but I know that's not the case for everybody. 
Right. And that's 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 what we're working towards because everybody does not have the privilege of living in diversified suburbs. A lot of these people live in either metropolitan cities that have a lot of tension or there's people that black people and white people that coincide in rural areas where yeah, there's diversity, but there is a group of people that are just trying to live and make it. And there's another group that are trying to live and make it and don't understand why that particular race is in their city or town. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, you know, being pulled over for a black man is definitely one of the scariest things you ever going to experience. And that's sad to say. Yeah. Like we, we, black men and women fear when officers are behind them driving, when you are walking the street and there's not a, you know, a flow or crowd of people, or you unfortunately put yourself in a position where something happens and you're caught in a position where it may take one officer to have a conversation or detain or arrest you. And now you're looking at three to four to five to six, seven, eight officers to deal with one individual person. And now you see gangs of officers and police and, and military and to control thousands of people. And that's a really scary thought. Yeah. Yeah. I can recall pretty sure I was in high school. I was pulled over. And immediately the officer asked me to get out the car and sat me on the curve and searched my car. Searched the car, came back and said, where's it at? And I said, "Where? What are, you, what are you talking about? And he asked me, where's the weed at? Where's the, I saw something in your mouth when you drove by. I had a straw in my mouth. And this man put me in cuffs Sat me on the curve for a straw. Yeah. Um, and that's what's crazy. That's one of thousands, millions of stories of what, you know, people have to go through. And us sitting here having to do this episode and not being emotionally charged, I think it's one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And just trying to put it out there that we want to see change. We're going to do our part. And now we want everybody else, black, white, Latino, Indian, everybody to do their part. And part of that is going out and voting. In the black community, voting is not something that is talked about because it was not given to us uh, until many, many years ago. And there was, there's been restrictions. There's been limits. And there's still limitations on it. So... Have, that's part of it, having the conversation of how to go vote, where to go vote, and even getting the information out because it's not something that's disseminated in a black household that often. And obviously we live in Texas. Our time to go do primary elections is July 15th, and you have to register by June 15th. So like I said, with this platform, we want to disseminate that information to the majority of our listeners and for the people that are in different states, different areas, visiting many different countries, you have to go out and find the information on where to vote because it really, really takes you voting, whether it's by party or whether it's by actually looking at the different um, people that are being elected, elected for different positions 
and looking at their platform and finding somebody that you agree with or you find somebody that can do a good job of maintaining and pushing towards a true free and equal world. Definitely. Cause I ain't going to lie. After this last election, I, I was discouraged. Cause I mean, it's like, what, what do you, what do we got to do? Because, Cause I mean, he didn't win on votes mm-hmm. and yeah, he's still in office, but you, I mean, you just can't, you gotta be hopeful, educate yourself. Start now. You said it's June 15th? You have to register by June 15th, and the voting will start and open July 14th for Texas. Yep. And so, all the other states, you, you go out and find that, that information. Yes. So do the research now, educate yourself, and get out there. Yeah. And a great link for anybody looking to sign any petitions, uh, GoFundMes that go to George Floyd's family um, and his daughter and things like that, please go to Black Lives Matter. I mean, they have every every link and resource that um, you could want for a person of color or black that is wanting to support to find out where rallies and protests and movements are going. For anybody that of not that that want to support and want to donate and want to stand together, that's available to you. And our biggest resource is word of mouth, is having the conversation, talking to people, and everybody being open and literally cleaning that wound because that wound has been open 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 and open time and time again it starts with us yeah seriously so i'm glad that we got to sit down and talk about this i think for us personally this was a way to get out how we were feeling and you know normally we drop episodes normally thursday or friday and it's friday but we had to really sit down and measure um where we were felt and where we were at um myself personally um been looking to go um, to a protest, but I've been trying to find um, an area to go where I feel like it's safe and I feel like I can be a part of a group of people that want to get um, our point across as vigorously as possible, but as safely as possible and not have to deal with police brutality and it getting out of hand. Yeah, you definitely have to be smart about it. Yeah. 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 Uh, before we go, one thing that we do want to shed light on because, like I said, this podcast is tailored towards sports and basketball. One great thing you We'll get on into another episode. The NBA, as of three or four hours ago, um, Adrian Warnowski, it's back. It's back. So Finally. Man. Um, tentatively uh, supposed to July 31st. Uh, was that for training camp? Mm-hmm. Um, and then games, August, something around that. But season's supposed to come to a conclusion. They're hoping they have game seven, October 12th, and then things to follow after that draft, all those kind of things. But – um, one thing I'm glad is back is um, I think we'll we'll get to hear from the major voices in the NBA, and, and we need that right now. Yeah, yeah. Definitely don't want to take the spotlight off of what's going on, no. but it is good news. Yeah. And like I said, though, those individuals that have already spoken out, now with them getting back and getting their face back on television, they'll definitely, um, I hope, bring some tension down and bring some just sense of unity because sports is a great and it probably is the greatest equalizer we have in bringing multiple races together, bringing people together for one common cause and having to um, somehow in some way coexist. But I think now that, you know, we're getting the NBA back, I think this is a great time for 
um, all the people in that arena to have a conversation, be open about it, talk about why they feel this way, why there's unjust, what their preconceived notions are, and everybody start to have a conversation. And like I said, all push for that that change. It's definitely something to look forward to. Can't wait. Yeah, so we pray for everybody out there. We're here. We're with you. Stay safe. Yeah. So this is Cedar Floor Podcast. You know where to follow me on social media. Instagram, be great underscore K, K-A-E. Your boy witness your moment. Your, you are. Yes, sir, you know where to follow us at on Twitter. See the floor underscore. Yes, sir, we're out on all platforms. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. You know, it's been a pleasure, you guys. Yes, Until sir. next time. Yep, we out. See life like you see the floor. <laughs>